0: I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday.
1: Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
1: Doing pretty good. All things considered, personal and otherwise, I'm doing pretty darn good.
0: Glad to hear it. So where would you like to start us off this week?
1: Well, do we stay with the war in the Ukraine for just a minute or two? Or do we start with uh, maybe somebody that just won an NC two A swimming championship?
0: We can start off with Ukraine. I think we have, we both have a few topics on that subject. We can start off with Ukraine and then dive into some of the uh, other issues in and around this country. Fire away. You fire away.
1: So, question is, from the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, a gentleman by the name of Scott Bruner, is Putin going to pop off a nuke? Even though he is bombarding Ukraine into oblivion, they're still holding their own. They've got a pretty good defense going on. So there is still concern, I guess, within the intelligence agency that if he continues to not be able to take Kyiv and he continues to lose some of his troops, he might pop a tactical nuke or two off.
0: Well, that would be interesting if and sad, deplorable, if he did. But I, the fact that he's already shown that he's willing to go after nuclear facilities, would he just as well... Burn up one of those, or do you think he wants the infrastructure?
1: No, I think he'd be willing to burn one of those, in my own opinion. Um, this guy has uh, killed a lot of civilians. He's blown up a lot of buildings that belong to the civilian people and the civilian infrastructure. So it would not surprise me if he popped off a nuke, but if he does, that is an absolute game-changer.
0: So we have the White House press secretary who generally helps to speak on behalf of the president and answer questions that are tilted towards what Biden would answer himself, or at least that's supposed to be the case. I don't know if you've heard, but the White House invited Famous, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but famous TikTokers.
1: Little TikTok stars.
0: Little TikTok stars to start being the propaganda arm of the White House. So maybe they will inform these TikTokers of the official position regarding what happens if a nuke were to go off. And they'll just start telling us in TikTok land and and cross, they cross platform post, but they'll just start telling us what to think soon enough.
1: Yes, and I had heard that uh, a couple days ago that TikTok is still owned by the People's Republic of China.
0: It is. They'll say that it's not owned by them, but it is a Chinese company, and China tightly controls media. And in fact, TikTok said they were going to have a rule on their platform that you cannot post anything anti-government on there.
1: Well, only, you mean Chinese people or others?
0: I believe it's a, all across the world
1: oh okay well at least they're a little stronger than twitter because apparently uh, our former president can't have a twitter account
0: yeah but you can blow people up you can bomb them you can start arguably world war three and you will still have a place on twitter
1: right now leadership in iran still has twitter accounts
0: yeah, it's it's pretty bad when you can literally start a war and you can, well, I believe in Iran, they, I don't know if it was officially positioned as being Iranian military personnel, but they didn't, some rockets get launched towards Americans in Iraq yeah, recently. Yeah, at, so, at our
1: embassy there in Iraq.
0: So it doesn't seem to matter as long as you're not a Republican. I uh, mean, if the, could you imagine if the Supreme Leader of Iran or if Putin came out and said, I identify as a Republican, then they would probably ban them.
1: Yes, they would. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how many countries have come out in support of Russia for invading the Ukraine. Belarus. Besides the two that are there...
0: Their BFFs?
1: Yeah, in the immediate vicinity. Apparently, the South African president has come out and blamed NATO for this attack, saying that had NATO not started going east in Eastern Europe, then Russia would have not invaded uh, Ukraine.
0: But if people want to be a part of it, or if countries want to be a part of it, so it's their fault for wanting to protect themselves?
1: It should be their free choice. But I did find an interesting partnership statement online. And this one was uh, redone November 10th of 2021, which is the U.S.-Ukraine Charter on Strategic Partnership. And it has a preamble of what is going to happen between the U.S. and Ukraine and reaffirming the importance of our relationship as friends and strategic partners based on our shared values and common interests, including a commitment to a Europe that is whole free, democratic, and at peace. Reiterate that the strategic partnership existing between our two nations is critical for the security of Ukraine and Europe as a whole. And if you read further, it talks about our commitment to making sure that we help protect them pretty much at all costs. So I wonder at what point or how many buildings, people, and land has to be destroyed before we finally decide at all costs.
0: What all costs means.
1: Yeah, uh, what the definition of all costs means.
0: Yeah, we've been seeing quite a bit of destruction, as, you, uh, as you've as you noted. And I had wondered what it would mean, given that Clinton, when Ukraine disarmed in the 90s at his and others' behest, and they said we would help them, and then Obama reiterated that, and apparently there was another reiteration of the same fact with Biden, but what would it mean and what does it mean if they're specifically asking for help and we say, oh, we, we don't want it to escalate. So we're allowed to have their human costs, their human toll, their infrastructure toll. I think it's going to come down to what you said last week, which is how much money are we going to pay to rebuild because we said we would help. So instead of helping on the front side, we'll, we'll help on the back side, I guess, after they're all destroyed.
1: And that's probably where we're going to go with this. And it'll be billions of dollars to help rebuild them if it is still Ukraine and not 100% part of Russia. And it's interesting you bring up uh, what had happened years past with previous presidents. And let me just read these couple of quick paragraphs to you. Part of this uh, security and countering Russian aggression. The United States recognizes Ukraine's unique contribution to nuclear nonproliferation and disarmament and reaffirms its commitment under the Memorandum on Security Assurances in connection with Ukraine's accession to the Treaty of the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons, which is the Budapest Memorandum from December 5, 1944, guided by the April 3, 2008, Bucharest Summit Declaration of the NATO North Atlantic Council and as reaffirmed in the June 2021 Brussels Summit Communique of the NATO North Atlantic Council, the United States supports Ukraine's right to decide its own future foreign policy course, free from outside interference, including with respect to Ukraine's aspirations to join NATO. The reason I bring this up, because there are several talking heads of professionals, elites in the Washington, D.C. area, that are saying that he invaded, he being Putin invaded Russia because of this memorandum right here and our vice president going overseas and secretary of defense going to Europe and talking to Ukraine about joining NATO. So there might be some validity to the fact that the South African president is correct in the fact that just like we didn't want missiles in Cuba on our doorstep, uh, possibly... And I'm not a Russian operative by any means, people. Russia didn't want NATO, another NATO country on their doorstep.
0: No, because they already have more than one. So now, I maybe because Ukraine is so big, or they thought that it was more of a a negative impact towards their country, or it could be seen as more of a future negative impact.
1: Yes, this is an interesting. If people get the time to actually go online and look it up. U.S.-Ukraine Charter on Strategic Partnership, Media Note, Office of the Spokesperson, November 10th, 2021. Has some very good information.
0: Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. So along with what Russia is doing to Ukraine and, and possibly other countries, because there's talk that they'll go to more than just Ukraine, apparently in a speech that, putin gave saying that russia should undergo a self-cleaning of society to get rid of the bastards and traitors as thousands of russians tried to flee the country amid the invasion of ukraine so it looks like if it doesn't all go outwards russia is going to turn inwards and cleanse as they put it some of those so-called traitors in their midst is
1: that genocide Kinda?
0: Kind of? Kind Dep- of. I guess it
1: depends on the total number.
0: It could be. So, yeah, I, I guess they just, the anti-Russian mentality of Russians is unacceptable in Russia.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. They want you all in or all out. And I guess our president had a meeting today with China, or at least a two-hour phone call. And China is oh, showing, they took his yeah, phone call? Because apparently
0: call. some in the Middle East won't.
1: Yeah, well, China's showing little sign of backing away from support for Russia. And it's interesting if you read some of the text of the conversation that they're basically saying, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if uh, you don't like what Russia's doing, then don't like it. We're not going to... Tell them we're against it. We don't condone war, but we don't disagree with it either.
0: Well, apparently, though, outside of China, but even within Russia. So a Russian lawmaker has demanded the return of Alaska and a California fort as reparations for us shutting off their money spigots, I guess, for for helping the world. For
1: wrecking the ruble?
0: Yes, for our participation in wrecking the ruble. Um they a Russian lawmaker is demanding that we return Alaska, which was a eighteen hundred purchase, but Alaska and a few other places to them. Should yeah. we do it?
1: Nope. I think we'll keep it. Well, actually we should call Sarah Palin and see what she thinks. Well, since she's she not can, the governor, but she since lives there. She can see Russia, Russia from, from her
0: doorstep.
1: And I'm just making a joke, Sarah Palin. We know that Somebody was making fun of you.
0: Okay. So Russian disinformation, another topic or another Russian topic, I should say with regard to Russian disinformation, it's hard to tell what is real and what's not. And we've been seeing this with the war. Russia will post all of these things. Ukraine will post all of these things, random accounts post claiming that this is what's currently happening in Ukraine or currently happening in Russia. And sometimes it can just be really hard to tell what is the truth and what isn't. But if I take you back just a couple of years, we had the Trump-Russia collusion that went on for five or six years before it was worked out that, in fact, there was no Trump-Russia collusion. But the claim was Russians were working with him to get him elected. And then the Hunter Biden laptop according to Jen Psaki and many others, it was Russian disinformation. And in fact, she said there were many people in the intelligence community that said that it was in fact Russian disinformation. So what's the truth? Hillary paid for the dossier on Trump, all Trump-Russia collusion was in fact disinformation. But it was American disinformation, it wasn't Russian disinformation. And then the laptop that was Russian disinformation was, again, American disinformation. Because apparently now that the New York Times has said the laptop's real, we can accept that it's real.
1: Well, yeah, once the New York Times says it's real, it's real.
0: So, yeah, we it's it's funny talking about all this Russian disinformation, but in the end it turns out to be American disinformation. So I'm wondering if this stuff that's coming out of Ukraine – Where they're saying it's Russian disinformation or Ukrainian disinformation, if it's not more American disinformation. Well, it
1: very well could be, because you look at senators and congressmen that didn't believe in this thing. They believe that the military-industrial complex is wanting either another war, or they want Putin removed at all costs, or uh, I really don't understand what the driving force is. You'd have to listen to these experts, but... uh, I could believe that probably fifty percent of it's American disinformation because we've seen what what's his name? Zucker Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg is willing to put out, not put out. Through, and block just and, like and the and leadership
0: at, at Twitter.
1: Absolutely. That's so I, I would bet that a big portion of this is driven by big tech companies.
0: And speaking of blocking, they block the Hunter Biden story with his laptop calling it disinformation, accepting that narrative, so they blocked it. And and I understand that your kid can do something that should not necessarily impact your electability. I know we like to say, like, your, your insert relative did this, therefore you should not be elected. And I, I don't really buy into that concept wholly because somebody else did something bad, you're the one who needs to be punished. However, there was information about... Biden, and his dad on there. So Joe Biden was mentioned, text messages were there, there were pictures, stuff that wasn't just Hunter Biden. So just to say, well, your son did something bad. I don't care that he, I mean, I care that he has a drug problem and I hope he can truly get help for it. But I don't care that he has a drug problem. I don't care that there's pictures of him smoking a crack pipe. That should not negatively impact Joe Biden. However, I do believe that the stuff on Joe Biden on that laptop should negatively impact him.
1: 100%. And people are always willing to use these October surprises right before an election, a national election for president to try to wreck somebody's presidential aspirations. Yet there were things there that absolutely would have taken Joe Biden out as
0: well it should have yes as well it should have and i do not like the october surprises as you noted because this information was known a lot longer than just the october before the election yes they were trying to keep it quiet but i'm bothered when they try to sway by a surprise thing if it's bad it should sway no matter what i don't
1: understand why they can't put legitimate candidates forward
0: i know we hundreds of millions of people yeah inside the United States, and yet we can't seem to find people who aren't narcissistic egomaniacs. I don't get it.
1: I don't get it either. And there's a history of 40 years with Joe Biden. He's been in office so many times doing so many different things and been caught for plagiarism and all that. We've gone over this in the past.
0: And we don't care as a society for whatever reason.
1: And that's why today for me, I'm into reading paragraphs. Here's another paragraph for you. It just happens to fall right into the Biden Hunter Biden laptop and Mr. Biden and his corruption. The media is finally slowly acknowledging legitimacy to the Hunter Biden emails. After dismissing the laptop story in 2020. Now, the New York Times says that Hunter Biden abandoned the laptop, even though they know now that it was purely for political purposes that it was hidden and shelved when they knew it was there. The sole thing was to keep Trump from being reelected and to have Biden elected. Even though this has taken place and it's all proven to be false that the laptop is legitimate, the Russia collusion is false. Hunter Biden will never be prosecuted. The Bidens will never be held to account for what they do. Yet let me tell you, youngster, and you youngsters out there listening, cheat on your taxes for a $100. bucks. do not pay a parking ticket. Don't pay your property taxes on your home. And see how swift and fast Justice is for you, the commoner.
0: Okay, side story, and I I don't recall if I've told this before on this podcast. I did our taxes for many years, my husband and I. Have I already told this story? 10 4. Okay, so I was actually owed money, whatever boo boo I made, and I, I, I still don't know what boo boo I made, but now I go with a tax professional, and I highly recommend it if you have any sort of complexities to your taxes. But I made a tax boo-boo in which I was actually owed money, but they were relentlessly trying to find me saying I owed them money. And as soon as they said, oh, it turns out we owe you money, they disappeared and I've never seen that money ever.
1: It is because unfortunately there's millions out there that do scam the system. So the ones that are legitimate, you get an overzealous tax auditor that will go out of his or her way to rifle you. If they would focus their effort like that on these elites, this stuff would not happen.
0: Yes. Yeah. Look, if you went after the Hunter Bidens, if you went after the the Joe Bidens, if you went after the actual real tax cheats and liars and dirty, dirty people of the world, I could only imagine how much better our system would be. Yeah, we we now go after people who try to collect on the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. Your taxes are now delayed because of these credits that are abused. I do understand that, but it is hurting those who have the least amount of money. So we, we don't go after the correct people is what I'm saying.
1: And that pushes us right into the next topic. For me, which is amid soaring inflation, skyrocketing prices across the board, Congress is bringing back earmarks. Arg. Arg. So
0: so maddening.
1: Yes, this new $1.5 trillion omnibus bill is loaded with millions upon millions of dollars of pet projects. U.S. Senator, I believe is from Florida, Rick Scott.
0: Sounds about right. Yeah.
1: Says that this is not free money, it's taxpayer money being used to buy support for voters in America when the country is currently $30 trillion in debt. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years.
0: Print, 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 more debt, print, print. Yes. Yes. So I, wanted, I, I do want to jump back just for a second on the Biden family and corruption. And we know that they knew about the laptop and they, they turned it into a disinformation campaign saying that it was Russia dif- disinformation and it turned out to be real. Another way that the Bidens have used the government in their favor includes u- using the FBI. We also know that they use the Secret Service for Hunter Biden that he was protected by the Secret Service even when he wasn't supposed to be. There was a gun charge that was out there um, for him, and they, the Secret Service went to try to find this weapon and take it and then take proof that it was attached to him. Anyway, so the Biden diary, I don't know if you remember hearing about this. Yes. So you have the Biden diary and the use of the FBI to go after journalists and all of their information and documentation to say that this diary was stolen, misappropriated, whatever you want to Was that say. against Project Veritas? It was against okay. Project Veritas. So they, they went after James O'Keefe, and they went after a former reporter of theirs, and I think a current reporter. So there were three of them involved, including taking James O'Keefe's cell phone, that's methodologies, that's information that the government shouldn't have, arguably. But they said that Project Veritas was a part of the theft of this diary. When in fact, they were attempting, they, so that someone turned it over to them. They were trying to authenticate it. Their claim is they couldn't authenticate it, so they contacted attorneys for Biden saying, we would like to turn this over, we don't want anything to do with it. But then there was kind of this, well, if we take it, then that kind of authenticates it as hers.
1: Makes it real.
0: So then they didn't want to take it, but ultimately it sounds like the it was turned over to the police. So they're like, we don't know where this goes. It's not ours. Here you go. So they turned it over to the police. And yet they still raided James O'Keefe's house and and the reporters' homes on the basis that the diary was legitimate and Project Veritas was a part of stealing it. So you have the FBI being used against journalists.
1: And that's been going on since the advent of the FBI and the CIA. When they don't like you, they will bury you. And now with the new technology, they don't even have to come to your home because they can supplant stuff on your phones and on your hard drives that'll make somebody come after you. And it's not your information.
0: Yeah, we definitely are going in a very slippery slope, crazy sort of direction.
1: Well, for the last few years, my line's always been uh, recently what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And I don't know if I coined that phrase or if I heard it from somebody, but I've been using it for quite a few years now. Speaking of coining phrases and looking at knuckleheads, beautiful Hollywood, California have all these stars let me name them can i name you three of them
0: go ahead name them
1: you might know mark ruffalo leonardo dicaprio yes ben stiller yep and many more stars have signed a letter protesting the canada gas pipeline that would be uh, the xl pipeline
0: Oh, the key, it's Keystone XL it's, pipeline. Yeah, it's Keystone XL. Okay. It was
1: pipe, uh, pipe five and six because one through four are in service. So I had to do a little bit of digging this morning, which didn't take but one of my Google friend searches. And Mr. DiCaprio, we'll start with him. He claims to be a carbon neutral citizen, while for years he has used private corporate jets that burn. Hundreds of thousands of gallons of Jet A.
0: Well, I'm sure that he he pays money for his carbon credit offset. So in order to be a wealthy elitist and do like they do, you just have to pay money to offset what you're going to do anyway because you don't actually have to reduce your consumption.
1: Right. So you'll lie to yourself, basically, is what they're doing. So one thing I will say, though, with him, even though I looked at his homes, you can Google Earth him, he has multi-million dollar properties, very large homes, large mansions, estates, condos. I didn't see a single one of them that had one solar panel on the roof of the house or out on a shed or anything. So they're carbon neutral or close to it. But I will say in his defense, all four vehicles that he owns are hybrids. So I won't say the models, but I will give you the cost of them. One of them is thirty-two grand. The other one's 56100 The third one is 102000 And the fourth one is 74000 He burnt that up in one year plus just in fuel and one corporate jet going on a couple of vacations. Two, guess where? The private island he owns in Belize. So that's him. And if you go to Mr. Mark, same thing. Owns multiple homes, flies in corporate jets, yet he's anti-oil. Same with Ben Stiller. Multiple homes, buys and sells, owns a home in Hawaii, owns land in Hawaii, flies over there frequently, but doesn't want the commoner to have cheap fuel prices from a pipeline that is safer than trucking oil crude over the road. That's all I'll say about that.
0: It is not surprising that they would be a part of the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do crowd. They just throw money at it or they preach to the people. They make themselves feel better. And didn't we have a former VP that did the same thing?
1: Yes. And it was interesting because they had his house and our former president, Bush, had their houses side by side, and they asked the question because one of them was loaded with solar okay, who owns the mansion with the solar? And everybody said, oh, the former VP, Mr. Al Gore. They had pegged it wrong. The home was actually Bush's home, and he had been very, very solar and uh, global climate friendly basically his entire life.
0: Yeah, I, I find it quite interesting that our our so-called right-wing or right-leaning i don't know that he's right wing but a right-leaning president would be more green than al gore yeah so mr al gore goes around touting green energy as well but they're doing it on a jet same with the english prince prince harry he does the same thing talks about being green and yet they go to these climate oh what do you call them Climate climate summit. Yeah, so he goes to a climate summit where everybody's jetting in on their private jets, or he talks about being green. And then a friend will give him a vacation with his wife on a private location, and they'll take a private jet to get there and still try to pretend that they are being green. The vast majority of Americans aren't jet-setting on private jets. So why are the people on private jets telling us not to for lack of a better word, carpool. We go on, we go with a bunch of other people on these planes. So arguably we're carpooling.
1: I can answer for you what their reasoning and excuses are. They're too popular. It's too unsafe for them to fly with the public because there's somebody out there that might want to try to harm them. And I guarantee you, you get on an airplane, being a famous person with 250 people on there, 240 of them, 245 probably don't even know who you are.
0: Well, and they all wear so much makeup or look so different in real life versus what they are on screen. Most people, as you said, probably aren't going to know who they are. I know I've I've looked at uh, arguably popular people or well-known people and I had no idea who they were. People would just be lining up in their regular line, get on an airplane. I have no idea. <laughs> who's next to me and then then there will be a post oh look so and so is flying today they could have sat next to me and i'd have no idea right
1: you don't know who they are until you hear that line from them do you know who i am
0: we'll have to talk to your parents if you don't know who you are correct (laughs) shall we call them
1: don't know who i am go to texas it's a local call
0: right okay so speaking of local let's talk about a local issue Well, technically, it's also a national issue, but a local issue. Homelessness in Fresno. Ooh. So we have the governor of California come down to Fresno to see what type of negative life these homeless individuals are leading. Because now that homelessness is a problem, they want to address it. So he's gone to San Francisco. He's now come to Fresno. And something that I would like to note is that the Pavarello House here in Fresno has worked to to help aid assist the homeless population and those in need.
1: One of our trainers used to be the president of the Pavarello House.
0: And they were stuck in litigation, I think it was for more than a decade, or pretty close to a decade with regard to the attempts to run the bullet train through their property so they couldn't actually use their property for the purposes that they wanted to use it for and help the homeless population and those in need. So we end up with policies or we end up with things like the bullet train that stop the actual helping of people. And now our governor is coming down, looking at the problem and he's going to what be a part of the solution I...
1: no he'll be an additional part of the problem. you want to fix part of homelessness and help you out right now instead of people drawing a salary, they should pass a law ordinance or a policy and we'll start with California that no one zero can draw a salary while helping homeless. It must be 100. Percent, free gratis donated time
0: okay but do you mean as in california employees like no, there no, wouldn't I, be california employees are you talking about no, nonprofits? i'm talking
1: about nonprofits.
0: okay so i personally don't think the problem lies with non-profits and i i don't have a problem with someone addressing the homeless problem while drawing a salary i do have a problem if they're Taking all of the money as their salary and not actually helping the homeless. So mm-hmm. I think there would need to be a trade off with how much help one what? can, yes. one must provide in order to draw a salary. So I can, I can respect that. But I think our tax dollars creating what seems to happen is we create programs with our tax dollars, we overpay and under deliver with whatever help we're supposed to give. But nonprofits and people who actually care. <laughs> And it's not a job for them, but they actually care about the population. I don't necessarily mind them getting paid.
1: Well, if you look at the reports that were done down in Southern California of the thousands upon thousands of homeless that are still homeless and the handful of people in the nonprofits that are bringing six figure salaries, that needs to come to a screeching halt. Because look at the total number of population in the state of California. There has to be, what, 40, 50 million people here now? At least. And the homeless population is 15,000 or less. I cannot believe that millions of adults cannot help a few thousand adults and children. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at too simple of an approach for this thing. But it seems to be every time you throw massive amounts of money at a problem, it doesn't get fixed. Just think of the hundreds of millions of dollars that were spent on homeless in Southern California and less than a dozen have legitimately been pulled off the street.
0: So 161,000, almost 162,000 homeless in California. Okay, so one, we do have, but I mean, if you look at Oregon, I know our populations are different. You're looking at 14,600. If you look at Nevada, 6,900. So we do have a very large population itself and then a large percentage of homeless
1: everybody's moving to california for the sunshine even homeless and that plays into or, or goes into san francisco this week issued a warning about the additional deaths from fentanyl in the homeless so the numbers from to 2015 to 2020 there's been 474 deaths in 2021 just to fentanyl overdoses That does not include the hundreds, if not thousands, from other drugs, but that's just the fentanyl, and they're really concerned because they've tried cleaning the homeless up in the Tenderloin District, and they're still having issues with it and the homeless and fentanyl.
0: So our population in California is just over 39 million, and then our, uh, that's- the technical counted population, right. although they say, typically say that there's more than that.
1: There's usually 15 to 20% uncounted more, but that's a pretty low So
0: 161,000, 161,000. 161, now, if we're not addressing the underlying issues, because instead we just decriminalized it. That was actually California's way of doing things. We decriminalized it, so if you got caught stealing, but you were, you were homeless, if you got caught pooping on the street but you were homeless we just decriminalized all of the issues surrounding it never actually solving the problem so how much money did you say we spend per year did you say how much we spend
1: i don't have the total number written down or off the top of my head but i know i believe in san francisco two years ago it was in excess of 400 million dollars for homeless
0: and that was just in san francisco just in the bay area so that that is not addressing even the whole population. So just in San Francisco, they spent $2,484 a person in one year, but that would be if they spent it across the entire California population.
1: Well, you and I have talked about it before on previous podcasts. We need to dive into the underlying issue to even try to figure out that the experts don't seem to be able to figure out. What the heck the problem is and how to get them off the street, how to help them, how to get them mental health, how to get them showered and cleaned up and analyzed. And analyzed might be a harsh word. That might be more for a veterinarian to analyze an animal, but to look into the psyche of these humans and just see where the breakdown is and see what we can really do to help fix it.
0: Absolutely. So in all likelihood, the San Francisco area has about 9,000 itself of the homeless so that would have been $44,000 a person that they spent just in one year. So whatever we're doing is not working. Decriminalizing certain aspects of the actions is not working. So yeah, I, I, I can respect that we need to do things differently than what we've been doing.
1: Well, we've got to adjust on the fly and try something different, wouldn't you say? They do that yeah. with war tactics.
0: Do what we've always done. We'll get what we've always got. Yeah, we'll so. get the same
1: result. Yes. There, there's a metaphor or a saying about that, expecting, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result.
0: Yeah, sign of uh, losing your brain. Roger that. Forever. Do you know... I know it all. You, you do, don't you? Uh, how tall the world's tallest woman recorded woman is do you know how tall
1: let me guess eight foot two
0: Wow eight foot one so 246 point3 centimeters so coming in at about eight feet one inch tall what a lucky guess so if you look she's from she was from China she passed away in I think it was 1982 so she was eight feet one and she was confirmed by the Guinness Book of World Records as the tallest. Female recorded, she suffered from a spine curvature and could not stand at full height. So the tallest recorded Chinese person and world's tallest person shortly before her death, uh, she was the only woman to be verified to have reached eight feet. So after that, you have a lady from Canada, seven feet, 11 inches tall. And that was back in the 1800s. So you can go and look up, like, people from the United Kingdom, what their tallest person was, people from India, their tallest person. But this gal from China, Jin Lian is recorded as the world's tallest person. Now, there were two other individuals who were recorded at 8 feet 4 inches, one from the U.S. and one from the Netherlands. But neither one are recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records because they remained unverified. So this was back in the eighteen hundreds and one was back in the sixteen hundreds. So these individuals who are eight feet four don't technically count. Do you know how tall the world's tallest man is?
1: Eight foot three.
0: Eight feet, eleven point zero nine inches tall. Actually <laughs> two hundred and seventy two centimeters. So actually from the United wow. States. And he held it for his lifespan until his death in 1940. He being Robert Wadlow. So then if you go down and you look at some of these other individuals from the United States, from the Austrian Empire, Persia, they're, they're verified and unverified. But you have a person from Israel slash the United States, because I guess they, they came over at 8 foot, 9.1 inches tall. Then you have another individual and I'm just going to go down reading some of these eight feet, nine inches tall, eight feet, 7.5 inches tall, eight feet, six inch tall, eight feet, six, eight foot five, eight foot five. And I'm still going eight, three, eight, five, eight, five, eight, three, eight, three, eight feet, 2.8 inches, eight feet, two inches. And I could keep going. There's, there's still several more individuals. Sorry for the lengthy. I'm just reading. That's heights. That's okay. But. So. I had a thought about the world's tallest person, man and woman. So what if one of these individuals, any one of them, because I read you the second tallest person was eight foot nine that was verified. What if they just claimed to be a woman? Then they could actually become the world's tallest woman And beat out the world's tallest woman by many inches. And in fact, there's numerous individuals just by virtue of how tall they are. If they claim to be a woman, could take over that spot. And the reason why I bring that up. Do it. Is because we are currently living in a time where you can be a fully formed, grown man You could finish how tall you're going to grow, how big your muscles are going to get. As far as their actual structure, you could always work out trying to get bigger muscles. But you can be a fully formed and grown man and then say, I identify as a woman. Let me take a couple drugs. Let me change my testosterone. And I will be recognized as a woman. And in some cases, you don't even have to do that. Some... Men are growing out their hair, wearing dresses or skirts and putting on some high heels, claiming to be a woman, identifying now as a woman or living outwardly by this, what we call a woman's appearance. Because most of the time we see wearing skirts and dresses and high heels and having longer hair, although not necessary on the long hair, as being a woman. And so they claim to be a woman, and now we're recognizing them as the top female in whatever they're claiming. Oh, you're the top health expert at Four Star General, the top female ever to get that position. Oh, you're the fastest 500 meter swimmer there is. You, good job. Here's your here's your star. We have men taking over and being recognized as women. And here women are losing out yet again to men. And we're told, so what? Shut up. Just deal with it. You're jealous. You just don't like it. They're exactly the same as you.
1: My goodness, how we're going to talk about that here for a second, because neither one of us are anti-gay or anti-transgender. We believe that a person does what they want to do. We don't, we don't advocate one way or the other. But transgender swimmer Leah Thomas did win the NC2A championship this week. Competitors' parents were saying after the event that this just isn't right. A man competing against a woman in a woman's sport. If you say anything, though, you get blacklisted or your kid gets kicked out of the college or they get removed from the swim team. There's all sorts of crimes and punishments that happen along with that. Well, let me tell you who took second place in that championship. It was a young lady by the name of Emma Wyant. She took second place during the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. She won a silver medal. She is a three-time U.S. national champion, two-time junior champion, four-time high school swim champion. So if this doesn't show you or show us or show the U.S. why biological males should not nor should they ever compete against a female, nothing will. This young lady who took second is at the top of her game. I believe she's only like 20 years old.
0: I think she's a freshman or a freshman this year or a sophomore. She's still young, but in her comp- competitive years, she is young.
1: And yes, yeah, she's very young, very competitive. So mm-hmm. this should absolutely show you why the two should not compete against one another.
0: And I say young because generally speaking, at a certain age you peak and you start going right, you down. Start so your you decline. have your, your build yes. up and then you have your decline. We all naturally have that at, as we as we age, but she's in prime peak time and yet she cannot beat a male, and he was not that great of a male swimmer. He was good; he was collegiate level. But then this just catapulted Leah Thomas to number one by changing their sex from male to female. Their claimed sex. That I don't think you should have to change your your body parts in order to live your life in the outward appearance that you want to live your life if you want to wear skirts if you want to wear pants if you want to whatever you want to do but leah thomas was a fully formed and grown male who competed for three years as a male collegiate athlete before deciding to publicly change their sex to female and then annihilating all female competition.
1: Well, and just like they should have during the baseball era when there was a lot of steroids going around, and guys had way peaked five years prior, started using steroids, and their home run numbers and all that went through the roof, and they set all these records. There should be an asterisk next to those records in the record books, as there should be with her in the NC2A championship that she just won. There should be an asterisk there, saying yes this person won the nc2a championship however this person is a converted male to female or still holds male part whatever whatever the case may be just so people can look in the history books and signify or differentiate between a female and a male athlete that's turned female and vice versa i've never heard of it happening the other way and there well, act- there actually was a a, a woman track star from a few years ago that was in the same article that said i know how second third and fourth place feels because she was a champion track star
0: i think she's from new hampshire yes
1: and a guy became a girl and then started beating all the ladies in track
0: well and depending on on the the level you don't even have to I don't think this makes it all better, but you don't have to change anything about your body. You just say, I identify as. Right, you as. identify currently So in the, as. Younger, in the younger grades, they say, I identify as. We don't require them to take drugs, nor do I think anyone should be required to take drugs. But saying I identify as a female, it just it bothers me on so many levels because women fought for years to carve out space and then the space is being taken by biological males identifying as females. And again, we're just supposed to be okay with it. And so the winningest woman in Jeopardy! history, same thing, transgender individual. The the four-star highest, you know, four-star general of the, the health and human services, a male identifying as female, a transgender individual. And so many of these... Oh, look at the women's first in this category is not a woman, is a man who now identifies as a woman and taking space. And it is unfair to say that these are women in these spaces. No, these are transgender individuals in these spaces. So there can be a a male, female and transgender first, if you would like to look at it that way. I just I am bothered when physically peaked males turn around and say i'm now a woman and and take take over sports oh, it's almost take like over. title
1: nine and all those things that were for women's sports and stuff had just been thrown out the window but i need to go back one little discussion to homeless and salaries so here's a company in southern california i'm gonna run some numbers for you so there's a company that's looking for employees so Would you like to know how the government is spending the tax dollars you're paying to fight homelessness with, since you did the math and kind of figured out about what you thought each one was getting? So then you might be interested in the latest job listings from the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. L-A-H-S-A is hiring. As you might expect from an agency responsible for coordinating and spending about $400 million a year in federal, state, and local funds appropriated for homelessness. L.A.H.S.A. needs a chief financial officer. According to the recent job posting on Indeed, the job pays between $220,000 to $280,000 per year. The person selected will be entrusted with the authority for all funds on deposit. That's not where it ends, though. They are also trying to fill a position of policy manager. $77,383 to $112,206. There's also a vacancy for an Associate Director of Policy and Legislative Affairs. That position pays 91761 to 137642. Or maybe you'd like to apply for the Director of Access and Engagement. That position starts between 122134 and 183302.
0: Okay, but we are talking about Los Angeles. Yes.
1: We are talking about Los Angeles. Let me... I, okay. I, could, I just, I wanted to right. make sure on location, yes. we are talking about are Los Angeles. We are talking about okay. L- LA's homeless issue.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Okay. So then there's another job opening for an integration manager. Pays up to $112,000. we are looking for an affairs analyst, which pays $77,000. we are looking for a compliance coordinator that pays 84302 your federal, state, and local tax dollars are paying for boatloads of managers, supervisors, analysts, specialists, directors, coordinators, and monitors. What about the people who put themselves at risk walking the streets and trying to help people? How much do they make?
0: I'm going to guess in the 40s.
1: $19.09 an hour.
0: So the people who do the hard work?
1: Yes. Yes. When it comes to the annual homelessness count,
0: I'm sorry, one more time. $19 and what?
1: $19. And let me back up. 90 cents an hour.
0: 90. So 19. Oh,
1: 1909.
0: 1909. Okay.
1: Okay, while you're looking at it or doing that, I'm going to re- continue. It's $39,707.
0: Uh-huh. So 40.
1: In SoCal. <laughs> when it comes to the annual homeless count, LAHSA pays nothing at all to the people who devote their time to seek out the homeless on the streets and trying to get an accurate count on the population currently living in makeshift encampments. The agency relies on volunteers. Well, you certainly can't expect the system component supervisor to do that. That job pays up to 85000 a year. Housing first, Lasha explains on Twitter, is an evidence-based, cost-effective, long-term solution to homelessness. It is grounded in providing housing and services without preconditions. I don't think so. I believe that there is a salary to be had potentially for people that are helping. I believe the thing needs to be looked at harder and it needs to be done by people that really truly want to support the homeless people and they're not using their math or they're not using their money properly especially considering the city of los angeles is paying a hundred and thirty thousand dollars each for eight foot by eight foot metal sheds that they're calling tiny homes
0: $130,000?
1: $130, $130,000 for an 8-foot by 8-foot by 7-foot tall storage shed that they're calling tiny homes.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely believe that the government misspends money. And if this is – is that a government entity or is that going to a nonprofit that's a, That's a about? private
1: organization within L.A. County – that is built to help the homeless. That's yeah, why no. the article I watched. No, that's was, all about money. Yes. And
0: like I said, though, I don't begrudge a person for making money or, or being paid to, if they're a professional to address the homeless crisis. I don't begrudge a person for making a salary. I don't begrudge them for making a good salary either. I But I guess where my problem lies is they're paying all of the people that are not really doing the job. I know that there are different components. You got to have money managers and you got to have people to work out contracts and you want experts. Okay. But you're not actually paying the people that are on the ground, boots on the ground, helping what they should be paying them. So I guess that's where my problem is, is they're not paying the people enough money or the right amount of money for living in Los Angeles. It's a very expensive place to live so they can make a salary but you're saying we seek volunteers to do the tough work. Well, this is and the just office like, job is six figures. Yeah,
1: this is just like school districts where they go in and hire all of these executives, school board members to run the companies or to run the schools. And the schools lack in funding to provide basic things like computers. Or enough books. Or enough books or or a nice playground or a good meal for the kids at lunchtime or whatever the case may be. This goes back to what you and I say continuously on this podcast. We give people a job to do. They're supposed to be the experts, and they're the ones that actually create the problem. And then they turn around and tell you with a straight face, They're the ones that can fix it. They're not.
0: No, absolutely. They're not.
1: Which kind of brings me into another little subject here. Okay. Cherokee Indian nation. Okay. So the Cherokee nation finally expects to have a delegate in the house of representatives by 2023. There was a chief that finally enacted a centuries old treaty from 1835 and I'm going to butcher the name of it but it's the Treaty of New and it's E C H O T A a Akota? Akota or yes it would be Akota. The treaty served as a legal basis to remove American Indians from regions of Georgia eventually leading to the infamous Trail of Tears that decimated the tribe. Unfortunately when they do put somebody in as a representative they're going to be more, as an observer, they're not going to have a vote or any power, just recommendations, which is kind of interesting. It's interesting that after all these years, they finally invoked it, and they're going to put somebody within Congress. But the person is going to be just a figurehead and has no power. Yeah. No representation.
0: No true representation. No true
1: representation. Just thought it was an interesting article.
0: It's Yes.
1: Took from 1835 to 2023 and the chief at the time didn't approve of them signing it. It was some underlings of his that went ahead and signed the 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 deal back in 1835. Um, however, through uh, revelations or revalidations and years and years of negotiations, they finally got the treaty to be recognized last year.
0: That took way too long.
1: Well, it's just like when you go to war and you're subject to ancient orange or anything like that.
0: And it takes decades. It takes decades.
1: They wait for most of them to potentially die. And I wonder if that's not factored into this whole thing. Maybe at some point in time um, that information wasn't passed on to the youngers from the elders in the tribe and it just goes away.
0: That wouldn't surprise me. Not at all. So I would like to try to start. Oh, it like um oh what would you call that when you get everybody to sign something a petition a I, petition yes i would like to start a petition and what i what petition i would like to start is one jumping back to a couple subjects ago is that all of those who want the policy to cease using fossil fuels and go almost instantaneous green energy or those who are promoting so called green energy and they are anti fossil fuels. I would like a a pledge and a, I would like a pledge from them and signing this petition that they will cease using fossil fuels immediately. Do you think I can get people to sign up?
1: You would get a lot to sign it.
0: Do you think they would actually stop using fossil fuels immediately? Nope. Not only, they would probably just try to buy more green credits or whatever you call it.
1: Yeah. And that reminds me of an acquaintance I have, a friend that uh, his dad owned a fishing boat charter business out of Southern California. And when this new green energy and uh, the diesel program started, where they were going tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, and I think we're now on tier four or five, his engines were old in his boat. So another company needed carbon credits so they could emit pollutants into the air. So they actually went around and started yanking these old engines out of people's boats and putting in brand new ones for free so they could use the older engines for carbon credits, which were quadrupling basically what they were paying for the engines. Wow. Interesting, isn't it?
0: That is very interesting.
1: Speaking of a complaint I have, have we talked about Jesse Smollett
0: Oh, you have a complaint about Jesse Smollett?
1: I have a complaint that convicted felon, now let me repeat that, convicted felon Jesse Smollett was ordered to be released from jail on Wednesday pending appeal of his 150-day sentence that went into effect last week for staging a hate crime hoax, which could have potentially caused damage nationwide due to rioting the one-page order issued by an Illinois appellate court, which I'd like to know who put that appellate court judge in there and if there was influence peddling again by the Obamas.
0: Okay, with that, though, part of their the ruling, I did actually see that, part of the ruling was because if, if the defense, if Jesse Smollett's defense actually won on appeal, by the time it would be heard by the full appellate court, the the sentence would have passed. So they can't undo it if he wins. Can't undo
1: his time? Yes. Well, that happens a lot. People get convicted and thrown in jail, and they spend years in there, and then DNA evidence proves otherwise.
0: Right. And then so he, by virtue of his position in society seems to be gleaning some extra favor yeah
1: extra favors from somebody of higher authority even though they have shown that this guy committed a fraud in my opinion and he needs to pay for his punishment he well, needs to provide his time for his crime
0: right and even the top prosecutor in the case miss Fox, appears to have given him deference in many areas and even attempted to help him and then not charging him or giving him a sweetheart deal in the end when there was just too many people looking her way. And one of the things that she did is when she thought it was leaning more towards him being a criminal than a victim or him having perpetrated the crime and not an actual victim, she claimed she quit interacting with him and his team but then a FOIA requests and public records, I think it was a public records request, proved that that wasn't the case. She was still interacting with his, his people. And so there was favoritism up and down from the beginning in this case. Even when evidence started leaning against him, there was still favoritism. And one of the other complaints from his defense attorneys is that it was double jeopardy because he actually paid a fine. He forfeited his bail as a part of an agreement uh, with regard to charges. So their claim is, and I can understand why they would claim this, but their claim is that him getting convicted and, or him going to trial and getting convicted is double jeopardy because he already paid a fine for his crimes. Boo-hoo. I can understand the defense. I'm not saying I agree with it because I think that there was injustice all around. He probably doesn't like that he didn't get away with it. Yeah, the injustice
1: <laughs> was elite stepping in from the get-go and trying to get him out of something that he had done. Yes. Had they just stayed out of the way, he would have probably been sentenced for the exact same things he'd already been done with. This would have been He a,
0: probably wouldn't have gotten time. Right.
1: This would have been a done deal. It would have been over with a long time ago.
0: So did you hear about the BLM activists that got arrested? No. So there's a husband and wife that were arrested recently and they were charged with committing fraud. So apparently, um, they were, so not apparently, these activists were out of Boston And the woman and her husband have been charged with fraud and conspiracy after allegedly taking money meant for their nonprofit. Speaking of nonprofits and Uh. misappropriation of funds, but they had founded a nonprofit and then they took the funds that were directed at that nonprofit to pay for hotel rooms, car rentals, and dining out. And so there is an 18 count indictment that came out from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Massachusetts. I guess it's to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars meant for charitable efforts such as feeding the needy children, paying, um, and instead they paid for a vacation to Columbia. Groceries, Uber rides, car rentals, meals at restaurants, gas, auto insurance, Old Navy, nail salons, hotel rooms, parking fees, Walmart. So
1: so, just like corruption in D.C., money breeds corruption without accountability.
0: Yes, it does. You
1: let them think they're untouchable, then they'll try anything and everything.
0: Some people will. They they Absolutely will not will. They will not accept, well, I mean, hey, I got all this money and I'm going to call it a nonprofit. And you hear about people using money for business expenses all the time. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a few good things for a moment. Let's do it. Okay. So there is a Georgia couple who both served in World War II. They have just celebrated their 100th birthdays. Each of them are now 100. And this year, their 73rd anniversary. Wow.
1: That's incredible.
0: So they both served in, in different areas of the military, and then they got married in 1949.
1: Wow, that's incredible. It's awesome. and Incredible.
0: Yeah. Miss Josephine was Coast Guard for nearly four years while her husband, Wilbur, served in the Army overseas and escorted fallen soldiers back home.
1: Ooh, there's a specific name that the Marine Corps has for that. There's a trained group that brings bodies of fallen.
0: That escorts them back home. Yes. Yes, I guess he did that. And she served in our Coast Guard, so World War Two, both of them. That's quite amazing. Hundred years old, seventy-three years married.
1: That's pretty cool because I just watched a video of a couple. I think they're in Australia. Sound like an Australian or New Zealand accent. And she was, he was eighty-eight, and she was, I believe, a hundred and just turning 100, 101. and they just got married. They had been together for twenty years. And they got married. It was the coolest video ever. It was the coolest video ever, ever. That is awesome. (laughs) It was. I mean, to just live that long on earth is incredible. Yes. But then to turn around and marry a guy you've been with for 20 years, and you think 20 years, and he's 88. That's pretty cool.
0: Yes. So I, I don't know if we specifically talked about this case, but military, there was a Navy warship, That was considered undeployable because the commanding officer or the commander, the second in command, the XO was unvaccinated. And so they called, I guess there was a group of officers that said that their request for an exemption was not being looked at properly. So they did kind of a class action lawsuit sort of thing. In order to not have to vaccinate. Now, in this particular case, it turns out that the commander ultimately got COVID and then had, you know, underwent quarantine, got well, and still has not vaccinated, even though, as we've talked about, not vaccinating after already having COVID isn't necessarily a negative because your body already has the antibodies, but that's beside the point. So they, they said, they being Navy representatives, military representatives, including the CEO, said that the ship was undeployable because the commander refused to get vaccinated and they were trying to fire him. And a judge put a stay on the firing because he had the pending lawsuit and they were looking at whether or not he was physically fit and and could deploy. So their argument, again, undeployable ship. But while they were making that argument to the court, the ship was deployed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they had described, Navy officials had described um, the warship as undeployable. Because they could not remove the unvaccinated commander, and it was actually deployed when the assertions were made to the judge. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, sorry for our military. Unfortunately, that's a negative for them. Calling something undeployable, calling a ship undeployable when it's deployed is pretty bad.
1: Patently false report.
0: Yes, it was. Contrary absolutely.
1: to, well, this in another one here. <laughs> Contrary to Russian media reports, three Tennessee Guardsmen were not killed in Ukraine.
0: Wait, really? Okay, so now we have more disinformation talk. Okay, go ahead. What does it say?
1: The National Guard Bureau is refuting claims that Tennessee National Guard members were killed in Ukraine, rebuking what officials called a patently false Russian media report. Russian media outlet Pravada reported that three members of the Tennessee National Guard died while fighting in Ukraine, calling the men mercenaries and even listing names for those they claimed dead. So Another false media report, and that's from the wow. Navy Times.
0: Just wow. So a subject we've touched on a number of times and will probably continue to touch on as more information comes out. So, we've talked about what happened January 6, 2021. And so, a few different points I would like to make on it. One includes the fact that some Democrats are suing uh, in multiple jurisdictions, but are suing to attempt to disqualify Republicans or GOP congressmen and women from the ballot. Alleging that their role in the insurrection and election manipulation leads them to be ineligible to be representatives in our country, and they're using the uh, law that was applied to Confederates, Confederate officials, mm-hmm. as the reason. So right now, there's three new filings for disqualifications. Uh, We've already seen a few more um, come out, but these ones are in Wisconsin to have in these uh, pro-Trump senator, a pro-Trump senator and two pro-Trump congressmen should be barred from office because of the way they spoke out on 2020 election irregularities. And so it would be Senator Ron Johnson and Representatives Tom Tiffany and Scott Fitzgerald. So they are trying to get them disqualified, saying that they um, the clause in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment forbids them from being able to represent.
1: Wow. So I guess we need to go back to the video of when Bush won and a bunch of Democratic Congress people jumped up on the House floor and made the same inflammatory statements. Yes. So that's no different. Same ones during 2016 when Trump won. Yes. Jumped up on the House floor and did not want to certify the election.
0: Yeah, and and they like to pretend that they never did it or that they did it for the right reasons and other people are doing it for the wrong reasons. They're
1: always right. We're always wrong.
0: Absolutely. Well, you are always wrong. You know, you're a man, so you are always wrong. Even when you're right, you're wrong. And when you're wrong, you're still wrong.
1: Well, you know what I like even more than that, though, is the fact that they're putting Tabasco bottles back into MREs. So now if you're in the military, you can have your MREs. For those of you who don't know, that's Meals Ready to Eat. And if you like hot sauce, they're finally putting Tabasco sauce back in the MREs.
0: Maybe they need to put some Tabasco sauce on these filings. Absolutely. So another thing about January 6th is that a federal judge, as previously noted, had dismissed an obstruction, a felony obstruction charge against one of the defendants, well, I guess now they've issued or issued a dismissal on a felony obstruction charge for a second defendant. So now this judge who did it in both who it's the same judge in both cases. This judge has dismissed the charge under 18 USC subsection 1512C2 and saying that the code is meant to prevent tampering or destruction of documents and records and does not apply to certification of presidential elections. So there's that. And then some of the other charges that they're talking about, which I find very interesting. So apparently, under U.S. code, being in a restricted area, so they talked about this being in a restricted area, and that's why people are being charged with this charge. It means that any posted, cordoned off, or otherwise restricted area of a building or grounds where the president or other person protected by the Secret Service is or will temporarily visit. So some of these original charges said that it was where the VP-elect was and the VP, so therefore they charged them with being in a restricted area. I thought that the grounds themselves were restricted, but it it turns out they were referring to the people because of this the secret service can make certain areas temporarily restricted on, on where they're protecting them so i did not i did not realize that that correlation of the charge so they slowly started dropping vp elect harris from the charging documents because it turned out she had already left
1: she was gone
0: so there was that well i guess some of the defendants are now arguing that you Cannot charge these individuals with this charge under Mike Pence, VP Mike Pence, because he is the head of the Senate and he has a permanent office in the building. The Secret Service would not be temporarily protecting him. A permanent building. It would be a permanent. So I thought that that was a really interesting way of a I guess you could say attacking the charge itself that they they could not have been in a temporarily protected area because the VP has a permanent office there. So there was two different things going on there. So apparently the prosecutor argued in one of the cases that his family was there to watch him that day and they're temporarily protected. So they may they may rescind the charge and then add VP Pence's family members in order to keep the charge so well, you I know i heard there
1: was a rat running around the building and the rat had protected status
0: right it was a pro- temporarily protected temporarily protected rat. yeah so i, I th- find it interesting that once the charge doesn't stick so first it was vp elect harris and that didn't stick so then it's vp pence and that's not sticking okay we're going to find somebody else as the reason we should charge this charge.
1: Kind of like our UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice.
0: Well, we have a catch-all in the UCMJ. We have a catch-all
1: in the UCMJ. So if we missed it in all these others, we're going to nail you in this one.
0: Yes. <laughs> so you got your catch-all. It doesn't matter. It turns out you didn't do anything wrong. You're still wrong, no matter what you say.
1: So it's kind of springboard back to the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, but really not to it. But it's amazing how it touches different people in different places. So have you ever watched the movie, the Hobbit? Yes. Okay. Well, there was a Ukrainian actor who was known for a lot of the Hobbit vocals. He was just killed in action in the Ukraine.
0: Oh, uh, that I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah. And then there was a report that Steven Seagal was over there fighting with Russian special forces and he's not Steven Seagal couldn't fight his way out of a wet bag right now. Poor guy.
0: Yeah, that was uh, disinformation.
1: Yes, more of what we're talking about, disinformation.
0: Disinformation. Yes. So I don't know. I'm going to just one more touch on January 6th. Do it. So they're trying to connect up Clarence Thomas's wife for attending the January 6th insurrection. Yes, so that as well. She actually attended Trump's rally because there was a rally that day which was called, some had termed Stop the Steal, but it was a Trump rally, regardless of what you call it. Somebody else coined the term, and then Trump was already slated to be there. But anyway, so Jenny Thomas attended the Stop the Steal January 6th, 2021 uh, rally, and then she left. So some people were at the rally, some people were at the Capitol, and some people went from the rally To the Capitol. Okay. She was only at the rally. And they are trying to connect her up with being a part of the insurrection. As to why Clarence Thomas should have to leave his position. Because his wife went to a rally.
1: So what happens if you were watching the rally from your home in Fresno, California online. And you're a registered Republican
0: You should probably also be arrested.
1: Should you be arrested, tried, and convicted?
0: Yep, absolutely. Or if you said anything in in support of Trump at any particular time in your life, you should also not be allowed to live in society either. But I mean, if you supported Hunter Biden at any time, and you supported Jen Psaki when she was lying and saying that there were government officials that apparently authenticated the inauthenticity of the laptop. I mean, that's okay though. You can still support her. And as, as
1: you can support Hillary and all her fraudulent stuff when she was Secretary of State, having private servers, having private phones. Even our president had an off the shelf.
0: President Obama?
1: Burner phone.
0: <laughs> yes, he had a burner phone. President Obama had a special phone that he talked to Hillary Clinton yep. with along with others. that Code wasn't name. So it is, yeah, it is crazy what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do, depending on if you have a D or an R or an I even, depending on. They
1: tend to have a better criminal element up in their head than the guys with the R's do for some reason. And I'm not saying that people with D's after their names are bad, all bad. It just, they seem to be able to game the system better than the other side. They kind of take on the, uh, Chinese philosophy or the old warrior Sun Tzu we got thousands of years we have plenty of time so just go at it slow methodically do your thing and we'll eventually win in the end look at our country and how bad it's going right now so they're doing a pretty good job
0: yeah it would seem like all of our institutions our governmental institutions are corrupt and now that people aren't supporting that corruption they're part of the problem as long as you turn your head which is a way of supporting the corruption you're okay but if you have a problem with the corruption it's not okay especially if you're vocal about the, it
1: the smell test
0: right i mean if you look at at the department of homeland security i used to work i used to work for the department of homeland security but this is a a different area there was a financial surveillance program that was run by HSI. So it's a part of, for those of you who don't know, you have ICE and it has multiple components. One of those components is HSI, Homeland Security Investigation. So they go after many different areas and levels of crimes. So it doesn't just have to be technically immigration related. They have a lot of hats that they wear Well, apparently, one of the things that they did is they operated an indiscriminate bulk surveillance program that swept up millions of financial records about Americans. So apparently, they had issued some subpoenas for information that was any money transfer above $500 to or from Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas, and Mexico. And HSI obtained these records using a total of eight customs summonses that were sent to Western Union and other other corporations and i guess it was for a period of 6 months so they basically snapped up millions millions of records they weren't definitive in their requests they weren't specific in their requests and so it led to millions of records of lawful transactions being being viewed and so I guess when it was looked into uh HSI the Department of Inspector General actually has asked for an investigation and HSI has shut down the program it was terminated as soon as it was found out but they did it they did it for a while until it wasn't okay and part of me looks at it okay they're they're trying to find the bad guys but you know what sometimes the good guys get caught up in being the bad guys so just because you're doing nothing wrong doesn't mean you have to be an open book to the government.
1: That's what free societies are supposed to be about. You're supposed to stay out of our business.
0: But here, if you you don't want the government to look into your $500 records or your $600 transaction records, you're the bad guy. Well, we it's just, just
1: like the Russia-Ukrainian conflict that's going on right now. There's people in D.C. saying that if you say anything against the russian war and you don't support ukraine or you just don't support this thing then somehow you're you're the bad guy you're the bad guy you're colluding with russia Mm -hmm. and the senator from utah
0: Mitt romney yeah
1: is one of the biggest mouthpieces of that and i actually listened to him the other night call a former congresswoman a traitor
0: Oh yes, a military congresswoman, Miss yes. Tulsi Gabbard.
1: Yes, Miss Gabbard, who happens to be currently a reservist, an active reservist, who's been to war. She knows what war is all about. She knows what she's talking about. And by the way, Mr. Mitt Romney had four deferrals to get out of going to Vietnam.
0: Yeah, so she she arguably is the bad guy in this situation. I mean, I can just see his logic. Just because you stand up and say, maybe this isn't a good idea, doesn't make you the bad guy.
1: She simply stated what our State Department and others were saying on the news and before congressional committees, that there were labs, bioweapons labs, or biological study labs in the Ukraine, and they were monitoring and concerned about them, and Tulsi basically said, we need to secure those labs and get that stuff out of there immediately because it not only has consequences for people in Ukraine, that could be another worldwide pandemic if the wrong thing was released. That's all she said. I listened to her speak. And Romney twisted her words, said untruths. Those women on The View we're espousing the exact same thing that we used to arrest people for things like that and convict them and throw them in prison.
0: Yes, McCarthy. Little McCarthy women. Yeah, little McCarthy, McCarthy juniors. McCarthy
1: juniors. They have no idea what they're talking about. How they have been given that type of platform, I have no idea.
0: Well, you're only wrong if you're on one side because they have said anti-Semitic things and got their job back.
1: Gotten away with it.
0: Gotten away with We have one of the women on there has worn blackface, and that's okay. Anti-Semitic, that's okay. So really, it just matters. Unfortunately, if you're a D or an R, and it shouldn't, we should also be allowed to speak our piece, and that be okay too. But somehow, it's it's arrestable worthy and throw them in jail worthy and lock them up. I don't, I just don't understand that. We used to arrest people for that. You really are voting for McCarthy era uh what was that uh communism what it was communism
1: light now yeah and big tech has decided what's worthy what's worthy and what's not allowed what's not allowed
0: yes and and they have they've decided they get to be the independent arbiters i it just does not make it doesn't make sense does not So Amazon has relocated their workers from Seattle to other locations because Seattle has become so unsafe that Amazon is having their workers that physically go into the office go somewhere else. I wasn't sure if you had heard about that.
1: I had heard that. I thought maybe they were going to relocate them down here to Fresno, but I guess they just moved them a few miles away and some of them are working from home.
0: Yeah, they said that there is, amid the crime spike and fentanyl crisis, they've reassigned about 1,800 employees to a different location. Oh, you
1: know where the fentanyl's coming from? China. China, by way of our southern border.
0: Mexico, yep. So they, it's super cheap to make in China, and then they, they uh, ship it on over, get it to Mexico, and then they bring it up through our southern border. So yeah, it's super cheap. And it's deadly.
1: Yeah, it is. You ever watch videos on officers that have touched that stuff? It's amazing. And they've had to use the EpiPens.
0: No, it's not EpiPens. It's, Narcan. Yeah, Narcan. Pen. They've had to use yeah, Narcan, Narcan, Narcan on the officers yes. that have come into contact. And in yes. fact, when I was training for I used to go out in the field as a, a fraud and national well, I worked for fraud detection and national security. And one of the things we had to do was train on what to look out for and what to touch, what not to touch. Basically, don't touch anything. Don't
1: touch anything.
0: Because we would get handed papers or, or pictures or proof of stuff, and so they would talk about touching versus not touching things, what to look for. And I know officers are trained in this too. But as a side note, apparently there was an officer who OD'd here in Fresno and it turned out that he was intentionally ingesting the oh drugs. God. So they they thought that it was one of those situations where he had touched something and been out on a call, so they were trying to find all the officers that went out on that call. And it unfortunately, it turned out that the, uh, the Fresno police officer intentionally ingested the drugs. That
1: reminds me of an old case from the assistant police chief here in Fresno who was, uh, I believe selling drugs through one of his nephews or sons or something I wonder whatever happened to that case
0: i'll have to look that up yeah so uh, i know we touch on on money and budgets and how in debt we are and what what money's going where so there was just a report from bloomberg that said that the u.s doled out billions in fraudulent covid aid and there's no accountability we're never going to get that money back and I think a lot about stuff that's a good idea or it sounds like a good idea, like, oh, money for this project or money for that project. Let's help people who, who have been negatively impacted by the COVID situation. If you lost your job or if you lost your medical care, if you lost this or that, we're, we're trying to direct aid. And I, I can definitely see how it's a good thing or a good idea. But then we have the government who's not exactly well known for its ability to do a good job on doling out money so we have billions of dollars that gets wasted and so that's we're already in debt with this money so we not only owe debt payments on it but now we've wasted billions (laughs) and then we just want to do it again we want to put us into more debt so California is talking about how much of a surplus it has which somehow has billions of dollars in surplus as well but in California our Democrat representatives just proposed a $400 payment to taxpayers to help offset the high gas prices. I don't know if you heard about this. But I they, did hear that. They announced that they want to help offset the high gas prices. So who do you think that should go to? Drivers, maybe? Drivers in California? Yes. Okay. And I can also see taxpayers, because yep. right. tax paying drivers. I can see truckers that all ultimately comes down to our food prices. Although I'm not sure how much $400 is going to do on a a gas tank that they're paying $1,000 to fill. To
1: buy buy a pack of ribeyes.
0: But anyway, so we have $400. They're going to send it to all taxpayers, regardless of if you drive or not, regardless of if you're pumping gas or not. You could have an electric vehicle, and you'll get $400 because you're a taxpayer. And so one of the things I think about, why aren't we directing it at specific problems? We just, oh, let's include everybody. And don't get me wrong. I I would love it. Give me more money. Sure, you want to give me money. I don't like the debt that goes with it. But as long as you're doling out money, give some to me. So why aren't we directing it at the specific problems? So if we say we have a food crisis, why aren't we going to grocery stores letting people fill buggies and then and walk out with groceries instead we're saying, Oh, we'll send you money. Like, okay, well if the the problem is we don't have enough vegetables, why aren't we shipping vegetables to people's houses? If kids aren't eating enough vegetables or if the problem is we need more gas, why aren't we okay, here's your here's your payment card and you can just go get gas with it instead of our you know, just arbitrarily sending out money to everybody.
1: It's because what we say on this podcast is they create the problem.
0: And they are the solution. Correct. So one kind of feel-good story.
1: I like those. We need more of those.
0: I don't know if you've heard about UFC fighter Kevin Holland. He was in Houston, Texas at a restaurant. And he and three other men stopped a gunman who was opening fire at the Houston restaurant. Apparently there were about 40 to 50 people inside. And the three men immediately... So... Mr. Holland, and two other men, I think I said Holland and three men, it was three men, Mr. Kevin Holland and two others, immediately took the gunman down, subdued him, took his gun away, and ultimately no one was injured.
1: That's cool. I'm glad they weren't hurt. I wish they would have done. Maybe they did the old Walmart thing when they used to get shoplifters. The security there used to call it. Ground and pound?
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's, the, he's a good fighter, so maybe he's got a pretty good chokehold.
1: Yeah. So maybe he choked him out and choked knocked him out. Choked him out and knocked him out. That's cool. I don't
0: know what happened, but apparently this individual fired one shot and these three men jumped up and took him down.
1: It's good. He didn't hesitate.
0: This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, Anchors Away.